Blip. You don't, don't want to miss that hot siren action. That's right. If I don't get that, then I don't got nothing. What the fuck's going on down there? Hello everyone, welcome to episode 397 of WTF at TFW. Uh, I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Uh, Seth, I was just going to ask Hi. you, like, we're on the other side of, of Fastlane. Uh, was it worth watching? Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, it, it wasn't terrible, but like when you asked the uh, the other week ago, like, does anything happen at Fastlane? The answer this year was no. Okay. <laughs> Every match ended exactly the way you would guess. Like, everyone that you think would win won. No belts changed hands. Nothing exciting happened. Uh, there was a really awful, like, 20-minute-long talking segment with Edge and Christian that just got like awkward and strange imagine if you'd paid like 50 dollars pay-per-view for that i would be like super bummed i'd be totally bummed out and now they're they're doing like this network special that's gonna be in between that and fast lane and wrestlemania they're calling roadblock okay <laughs> and that sounds like it has way more potential to be interesting than uh fast lane was uh, well, it's going to be a smaller show, but uh, like some NXT guys are going to be on it, so on, that should be interesting. On my own end of that, I, I got a little update, which I think I slipped in last episode. But uh, in in the U.S., season one of Lucha Underground is now on iTunes, a- along with I believe whatever's aired of season two. Uh, that's not the case in Canada, sadly, but in U.S. iTunes store, uh, you can find it now. It's not like cheap, but you know if you want to legally check it out, there is now a way. And I'm hoping that that means they eventually release, like, a cool, like, Blu-ray box set, because that's what I would prefer to drop cash on. I just want it to be on Netflix where I don't have to pay anymore. That would be great, too. <laughs> if it was just on that, or, or on any of the streaming services, like Hulu would be great, too. Uh, you know what's just on Netflix? Uh, and this is no. Okay, this is, we're going to start with a bit of a tangent here, but I need to get this out of the way because it's fresh in my head. So Better Call Saul showed up on Netflix in February. Oh yeah, and uh, I'd only seen the first two episodes, and then I kind of forgot about it because I I couldn't really access the AMC streaming as easily anymore. So I watched it on Netflix. It was pretty good. There's a thing that stuck out to me, and then I I couldn't remember if this is what it was like when it was streaming on I want to say AMC's site if I'm remembering right. But on Netflix, it opens with a Netflix title card, then says an original Netflix series, Better Call Saul. And was That's that the case weird. when it aired? No, I don't remember seeing any Netflix anything. Yeah, they've they've taken full ownership of it on their own streaming service, which is weird. And I, I didn't do much digging about it, but I do know that Better Call Saul was supposed to be on Netflix a long time before last month. And I wonder if there was some kind of weird legality talk that happened that ended up with them being able to say it's a Netflix original series, even though it wasn't. It bummed me out a bit because I, I always have treated Netflix original series as kind of a mark of, of pride for them for something, you know, that they made themselves and released on their platform. And if they are going to use that for shows they purchased that already have aired on TV, that kind of devalues it to me. Well, the first Netflix original was Lilyhammer, and that was a case where it 
it, it's a Norwegian production and aired on Norwegian TV first, then Netflix got it. But Netflix um, helped fund the show. Yeah. So like they they paid for the paid for production up front or at least part of it. Okay. So I don't know if Netflix had a hand in funding Better Call Saul. I hope so. Or maybe it was a there was talk of it of being a Netflix original. I don't know. Maybe Netflix exclusive would be a less confusing thing to talk on the front. Yeah, it, it feels weird to refer to you know Better Call Saul as this you know under the same umbrella as as Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and uh, House of Cards. Yeah, and like with um, the season of um, uh, Arrested Development that they did. Yeah. Like that title card at the beginning says a Netflix original and then underneath appears sort of <laughs> or something like that. Something to that effect. Like that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so like if they did that, that'd be fine. Yeah. Like it was it even said a Netflix original series, like the Netflix animated card happened, but then the Netflix original series was in like that, you know, the Breaking Bad font, like over uh-huh. a black background. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that first season, though. It was it was fun. Yeah, those two companies seem to have a good relationship, though. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm certain it must be just that Netflix put a lot of money into it. I, I assume Netflix would have a lot of say in that show, given that streaming of Breaking Bad was a huge part of that show's viewership in the last couple of years. Like yeah. I, I, I expected they were playing ball, but uh, we're gonna play ball with some listener questions, Seth. Because uh, I, I want to do what we did last week and just you know tackle a few listener questions here. The only real news item uh, related question I have for you is: Let's say you're at BotCon 2016. Okay, okay let's, let's just that. assume you're there. Let's assume okay. you also spent the hundred whatever to to get the Judd Nelson VIP pass. Oh, I and, would. And let's assume you spent the seven dollar processing fee a second time to add it to your online registration because apparently that happened. Um, <laughs> What would you ask Judd Nelson to do for you uh, when you have your meet and greet with him? Uh, autograph my complete collection on DVD of man. I wish I remembered the name of the show. <laughs> That'd be a terrible way to open that conversation. <laughs> man, what was the name of that show? What was that show with you the, were in? <laughs> damn it! Like it, I had it, I had it, and I was waiting for you to finish the question because I knew where you were going, and then I forgot it. Um, suddenly Susan was it? Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know Judd Nelson's work that well outside of two very dumb movies. It had the lady in it. Right. The lady. <laughs> she was the main character. Just terrible. I just completely. I like translating this into your meeting, your hypothetical meeting with Judd Nelson. When you tell him you love that show he was in with the lady. And he's like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately scrolling through his IDBM. <laughs> I I remember him from Transformers the movie and from whichever. Yeah, suddenly Su- it was suddenly Susan. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah, and it had a yeah, it was a TV series ran from '96 to '99 and starred oh. Brooke Shields, and he played uh, her boss. That's one of those shows that was on TV, and I knew it was on TV. I'd heard of it, but I never watched it. I watched it. Because it was 96 mm. to 99. I don't think I watched it all the way through, but uh, it, was, I don't know, it was fine. Whatever. Yeah. I, I mostly <laughs> probably doesn't hold up. <laughs> I mostly remember him in person from whichever Kevin Smith movie he was in, which I think was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. 
Oh, he was uh he played a real turd in uh Airheads. Oh. He was the record exec guy with the little awful beard, little soul patch beard. I saw like the last ten minutes of Airheads on TV once, and that's all I remember. No, that's one of my kind of guilty pleasure movies. I want to see it sometime. Yeah, it's 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 good for having Adam Sandler in it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those product of its time <laughs> films. Anything, you know, up until The Wedding Singer, I'll give a shot with Adam Sandler. Like, that's the last movie he made, The Wedding Singer. So, you know. Yeah. Um, well, this was before that. Yeah, so it's one of those other movies This was before Adam Sandler was able to make all of his own movies. Oh. So he had to kind of do what other people wanted him to. Yeah, you know, the enhanced Adam Sandler experience when he has, yeah. when he's under control. Uh well, anyway, uh, anyway, I wanted to throw Judd in a, a Judd Nelson question in there for what you. What would you do if you were face-to-face with the Judd? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I uh, I would probably just say, hey, you were great as Marshall Willenhawley in that dumb Kevin Smith film, and then he would probably give me a real spiteful look. Uh, oh. i never seen Breakfast Club. I don't... Oh, I was going to say you could quote some Breakfast Club stuff out of Never, Never seen it, so I got nothing for that. I, I know. You've never seen Breakfast Club. No, I know more about uh, Dick Gautier than Judd Nelson, as far as Rodimus voices go. Because I watched Get Smart and I liked Jaime, and Dick Gautier was Jaime in Get Smart, and <laughs> Judd Nelson wasn't. So I, I don't. <laughs> I'm at the end of my wick. Uh, anyway, um, we've got a listener question here from Spine ninety eight. Uh, who says, hi, Evangelist and Company. I hope this is the right way to ask a question for the podcast. Please let me know if I did it wrong. Uh, all right, I won't let you know, because you did it right. Uh, the question I, is... I think I think the people asking, like, is this how to send a, get a question, or am I doing it right? That's like the opposite of ending your question with click. It, it's I would call it the parallel track. It's like you don't want to do the click thing, because you either don't know about it or you're tired of it, but you know about this other one. Which is maybe even a little bit weirder to do on purpose. <laughs> but half the time, I think it still isn't on purpose. I think. This one probably was. I th- I think it's normally not on purpose, uh, but it will be from now on. <laughs> yeah, now that we've brought it up, we're done. We're doomed. Uh, this question is, since the Combiner Wars line is full of repaints, and Spy 98 clarifies, I'm not complaining about that, what unexpected repaints would you like to see made? Personally, I would love to see Skylinks made into the giant purple griffin. Uh, we have a photo reference from the TF Wiki's giant purple griffin page. Uh, it's obscure, but I think it would be fun. Do you have any, uh, weird ideas of your own? Uh, I'll just throw out, it's not a weird idea, but I am constantly looking at Combiner Wars toys and thinking about how to turn them into sweeps because I'm still hung up on four <laughs> sweeps for Galvatronus. But I'll try to think of something else. Uh, Giant Purple Griffin, I, I don't actually remember this thing very well. I'm assuming it was yeah. in one episode. Yeah, I had a couple minutes to like pre-read the questions, and I followed the link, and I read this whole Transformer wiki entry for Giant Purple Griffin. I have no memory whatsoever of this episode at all. It's a season two but episode. But it sounds fantastic. I usually don't remember season two of it. This is the same episode with the friggin' slingshot and the Rolls Royce chest. Oh, I remember that part. Because I, I just went to look at the episode, and it's like one of the first screencasts that pops up. A lot of Transformers G1 season two, I don't know because I couldn't get through the box set of season two when I got the Rhino box <laughs> set. It was when I, I discovered 
like that I actually can't get through all the G1 in one go with season two. I could do season one and season three. No problem. Season three, I've watched multiple times. Season two, I cannot handle. I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, well, just a description for this episode, man, there's a lot of hot button topics. Uh, is this Middle East? Oh, yeah, first words. Malcontents. <laughs> Overthrowing the legitimate ruler You're gonna, for oil. Gonna, gonna take some oil from the Middle East with a giant robot griffin. There's so many political jokes I want to make right now, but I'm re- I'm refraining. This is one of those episodes that made, that made Casey Kasem get kind of perturbed, I would assume. Why? He, like, left Transformers after season two because of Carbomia. He was so mad about that. He was like, Carbomia is garbage. I don't want a part of the show anymore. <laughs> I don't remember Carbomia. Carbomia? That was like the made-up Middle Eastern state with, what was his name? Like, General, not Gaddafi or Gaddafi, but it sounded very similar. I can't remember anymore. Yeah, I don't. The, well, there's another episode. Carbomia is in like three or four episodes as well. Like, there's, hmm. like what is it? Uh, Octane is like doing work for the leader of Carbomia, and then they just show up in season three at one point. Uh, and they're not like Carbomia is funny if you look at it as a as an item of its time. If you look at it under a modern microscope, it's like horrifying. <laughs> You're like, wow, okay, someone writing the script was just they had their nose in the news today. <laughs> they were real mad about some. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Seth. Is there anything, like, just weird stuff you'd like to see repainted out of a Combiner Wars, like, torso or limb? Like, you don't have, I don't even think you have to get too specific, because there's so many, like, bits and pieces to work with in there, you can kind of name anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, after reading about the giant purple griffin that this guy cites, I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to think of anything better than that. That's amazing. Like, I have no memory of this giant purple griffin, but... <laughs> Like, what else are you going to turn Skylinks into? That's genius. Yeah. Um, I'm down for Giant Purple Griffin. Yeah, me too. Like, my, the only problem with Giant Purple Griffin <laughs> is it would be another torso. And, you know, now that Combiner Wars retail is kind of done, like, we have more torsos than we have limbs. So, like, my, in my head, I'm just like, I, I, you know, I could think of torso ideas, but my heart is set on more deluxes to fill out all those spare torsos. Yeah. Well, maybe you take that Japanese groove... Mm-hmm. And you do up uh, three new heads and then slightly variate the color scheme a little bit and do a, a team of Junkie on Limbs. I would love that. Uh, junkie on Limbs to go... Like, there's there's a Legends Retgar out of Legends Groove that's out now. Like, you know, work him in there. Yeah. I would love that, yeah. Junkie on Limbs would be great. Any troop builder, like, I would be super into. Um <laughs> trying to think of anything else like i keep defaulting to sweeps because i'm like what if there were like 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 motorcycle sweeps as well that'd be great (coughs) um i i like this is not really obscure but like just any like you know take take the uh subscription figures like whatever they are the mayhem attack squad guys like anyone from 87 88 redone as a combiner wars limb i would be super into um just more colors more decepticons as well like just a whole pile of decepticon limbs would make my day um maybe well, if you took any random deluxe whatever i don't care which one uh paint it yellow like primarily yellow mm-hmm. and new head sculpt that looks like a crumb zeke 
Yeah, you know, yeah. No, it's not just paint it yellow. Cast it in like translucent yellow, full on like electric crimson thing. Yeah, I'd be up for that. You get to hang out with that ghost Starscream. I mean that that ghost Starscream has a new head that is a seeker head. I'd love to see just you know a bunch of seekers out of that mold. Like that's if we're gonna do seekers again, I'd love for them to just be Combiner Wars limbs so they can have like another purpose. Um, that thrust from that box set has a cone head. Uh, new head as well like uh that's a bit less of a weird idea and more of like it like for most people a please god don't do that idea but i would love to see the 06 seeker cone head debacle happen with combiner wars limbs because I'd, I'd actually have something for all those guys to do other than just stand around um but yeah i just like like stuff like junkions or sweeps is really like i know i could probably be more creative but my heart is so set on that like I'm, I'm almost like if if I go to a Walgreens or a, a Winners and I see like you know Wave One, Wave Two, Combiner Wars stuff just on like that deep ass discount, I might just grab some jets anyway and have a go at spraying them with some Krylon just to see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, hope that answered your question. Uh, Spine ninety eight, Seth. Did you have any other ideas before we move on? Or Not really. Just really staring at that giant purple griffin. Well, I was trying to also decide what what mold would make for a good creep out, combined worse creep out. There's a uh, well. For, That's my new fanfic character. First from last time. First date is a real good van. So well, there you go. He's got to be a van. Yeah, he's got to be first aid then, like a first aid. Okay, there you go. Oh man, he's like a van, but he's also got a light bar up top if he wants to look official. I think you gotta pry that off. Alright. I think you gotta get rid of the light bar. And then, like, uh, do some paint apps around the wheel wells to make them look rusty. Like, nice little ring of rust around the wheel wells. That's good. So does he, does he, when he pries the light bar off, does he also, like, you know, does he cover it, does he smooth it over, or does he just leave, like, those wires sticking out the top and, like, just looks real messy up there? Maybe the wires aren't there, but there's, like, discoloration, definitely. Yeah, like, obviously, he ripped a light bar off the top of this van. Right. And it's real roomy inside, because it used to be an ambulance. Yeah, you get a big mattress in there. Oh, oh, oh dear. For guests. Uh, we have another listener question from Melunis T. Um, who, uh, this is actually a two-part question. There's a little tripod with a camera in the back, too. Yeah, this is Minicon. <laughs> Onlooker. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Ew. That's not a bad name. That's not a bad name for... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's my contribution. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep adding to this next time. Yep. We'll just keep fleshing out, creep out, show to show. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned in two weeks when we figure out what his faction insignia looks like. Uh, I almost said something terrible. Um, Malunus T says, having recently taken a look at Transformers Devastation, I'm wondering if the game was successful enough to warrant a sequel. Aside from some things hinted at the end of the game, what would you want to see in a hypothetical Devastation 2? Um, my understanding is Devastation did pretty darn well. Um, like, you know, obviously Platinum's next licensed game is Ninja Turtles. I don't think that means, uh, no Transformers sequel from them. I think that actually speaks kind of highly to we're going to move away from that property for at least a year or two. So we don't hammer it into the floor. Um, I would love to see a devastation two from them. Um, Seth, how much time did you get to spend with devastation? 
not as much as I would have liked to. I mean, there's no, there's nothing keeping me from going back to it. Yeah. It's just, uh, I've been in like a, I haven't been that motivated to game in a while, like the last few weeks. Yeah, I can hear you. <clears throat> like I kind of stalled out in Half-Life and, and I want, I definitely want to get back to it, but, uh, or Fallout, I mean, not Half-Life. Like Fallout. He's going all the way back. Yeah. Similar name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never finished Fallout. I didn't get back to it one of these days. Um, well, uh, for Devastation 2, Seth, like, you know, what are some primary things you'd like to see in, in a sequel to that game? Maybe a variety in location. Hmm. Like, I, I did put several hours into it, and there was a point where I was just kind of not really thrilled with the city. And I did get into like some like Decepticon base before I kind of burned out, but just maybe a little more variety in location mm-hmm. would be good. Yeah, um, I would like, I guess it all kind of comes under the umbrella of I'd love to just see the budget <laughs> up a bit because more locations and more characters would do it for me. Like, I like the five characters we had, but it felt kind of like. Once I tried playing as Grimlock and Grimlock had such a different play style to the other four. I, f- I started to feel like it, like it felt like they were maybe hoping to have three very different character types. And instead they ended up with just like, okay, dinosaur and then not dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it felt very much like, especially with there being flying enemies in the game, like maybe they at some point were hoping to have like ground based flying and Dinobot as like three very separate play styles. Because, unfortunately, you know, for all the little differences they have, the other four all sort of play very similar um, outside of Optimus getting to use some of Grimlock's melee weapons. So I'd, I'd just like to see this game, like this first one. I thought it was really good as a first go, but, like, it would definitely need to be, like, a real iteration on this for a second one to feel worth it to me. Well, and what if you move the uh, the timeline up and you use, like, season three characters? Sure, yeah. Like instead of Prime, you got uh, Rodimus, and you get a uh, Blur and RC and and um, Springer and those those kind of characters. Cup, yeah, as your as your team. I, I think uh, just more, even more variance between the characters. Flight would be the the big thing I would want to see added. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to let us play as combiners because to me, adding flight is a hundred times more important and more feasible, I think. Um, and also I would love it if the game somewhat tutorialized or at least made clearer the whole weapon upgrade system, or at least made it more yeah. more imperative to learn because you don't have to learn it. And if you try, it's like you need to go and watch a YouTube video to really get all the nuances and it feels like you're doing that for very little payoff because the game doesn't really ask you to partake in it. So, like, the game had all these weird little upgrade systems, but it never made me use them, and I felt like that was kind of to its detriment. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the Turtle game when it comes out and see where they build on what they've already done. Mm. Like, you're not going to have... Well, I was about to say you're not going to have something like that weird, you know stop the moving line minigame like with Wheeljack's invention system except they got, hated that. they have Donatello who totally could just be that all over again so yeah I don't know <laughs> I, 
I'm looking forward to that Turtles game. Like, at its core, Devastation was really fun. It just needed more. Um, and so hopefully, if the Turtles game does well as well, you know, they can they can keep pumping up these licensed brawlers. Have they shown anything of the Turtle game? Just a trailer, and I don't remember how much gameplay was in it. Uh, it had yeah. a... Well, what, what art style of Turtle is it? Is it the m- current nickelodeon stuff or it looked to um so i you know i might be i might be totally off the the ball here i thought it looked a lot like the current idw comics Hmm. um which is like somewhat gritty and the turtles have a very youthful look in their eyes um i I thought it looked really good um it struck me as more idw-esque than nicktoons-esque and apparently now i because i talked about this on twitter and someone told me i think one of the idw writers is involved with the game's plot. I might be totally off base here. I I, I didn't look any of this up, but uh, they they're they're having apparently you know some connection to the current Turtles comic books um, as far as the production of the game. Like it's not canon to the comics, I don't think, but they've got folks involved. Well, if they do like optional skins, you could unlock or something, and they put like the original Eastman and Laird, Laird style. That'd be awesome. I would, if they had, okay, here's again. And black and white. I feel like they might have said some about that, but I, I don't remember if I'm mixing this up with the Mega Bloks news, because Mega Bloks is doing the black and white turtles as figures. Um, But I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they've worked some of that in. Like, you know, they, they worked in some really good alternate skins and devastation. So, yeah. Uh, there's another question here from Malunas that I think was tied to this one. And since we just finished talking about Toy Fair, I, th- I thought it might be worth touching on because uh, he said a thought crossed his mind, which could well be obsolete by Toy Fair, but it wasn't. Uh, the basic idea is imagine if, like, in Titan's Return, a blue and yellow Autobot car with a very distinctly unique headmaster claiming it's a new character comes out. But if you put the separately released Nightbeat head on it, it's totally just Nightbeat. Uh, do you think this would be a feasible way to release figures of headmasters whose heads were previously released, or would it be too much of a stretch? The thing that's making me want to talk about this is we just had a Japanese magazine scan of two of their Titans Return toys, uh, whatever line they're releasing under, and it was um, Hardhead and Skullcruncher. Uh, so the toys we're getting in Titans Return have headmasters that are very toy style, like they they are very similar to the G1 headmaster toys. Uh, the heads on the Japanese versions look more like the Headmaster cartoon, where they just are a little bit smoother, a little bit more anime or animation-esque. Uh, and that made me think, hey, did they just tool two different heads for everybody? And does this mean it's feasible that a Nightbeat might come out with just a, like a head that resembles, um, you know, a different Nightbeat model than the one that the single-packed head resembles? Um so I, I think I don't think it's actually too much of a stretch. I think that would probably be late wave stuff if it happens. Um, but it, it seems like a totally feasible idea. I don't know, Seth, what do you think? Like, you know, they're releasing those single packed headmasters. Um, so what if they release yeah. like, you know, a bodied version with a, a head that was just like, like, say, the comics version rather than the cartoon version? I mean, I could see that like if they were doing a Nightbeat and they just did a different style Nightbeat head. And then you have the other style Nightbeat head that came out in by itself without a body. Like that seems more plausible than I think what what the the guy was describing in the question, which was here's a blue and yellow character that isn't Nightbeat. He's Danny the, the Robot Man. Danny the or whatever the Robot D. F- blast fire. Yes. <laughs> um 
And then you could just pop your Nightbeat head on and say, get out of here, Danny the Robot Man, blast fire head. Nobody like, likes you. Um, yeah, just like when you look at how they seem to have been going, like with Combiner Wars and stuff, there's no original characters in that. It's all old characters, new versions of old characters. It doesn't seem like they're on the track with that class of, of toy that's aimed for like the older fan or adult Wally. Like you're more likely, I think, to see new characters and like whatever the, the cartoon show is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we got we got a couple new characters in Combiner Wars, but they were always there as like a replacement for someone else. Right. So like yeah. they were there by necessity rather than intent, I felt. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like that's that seems more likely to be the the path that Titans Return uh, would take. Um, it's it's got this intense 87, 88 reverence going on. Like it feels like people making decisions would be pushing to like you just look at the selection of characters who are single released heads. They're all still existing like legacy headmaster characters. So, uh, yeah, it, it seems likely to me at least a couple of those might come out with a body at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have toolings done for like cartoon heads for the deluxes that are coming out, who's to say that they don't have alternate head toolings for everybody else? Like that's that's part of the process on normal Transformers is to have multiple heads in, in the CAD model, if I recall correctly. So if the heads are separate figures, I, I don't see why that would change the process. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, when is BotCon? April? Is it April? That's yeah. So next month, hopefully we'll we'll find out more about uh, what's coming up or then we'll wait till the summer and find out then, hopefully. Weird news cycle Transformers has. Um, we have one more listener question here from the Vacuuminator. He says, greetings, Vangelis, San, Samadon, Dono, Dankun, Chan, Tachi, Sensei, Senpai, and other Onichans of WTF and TFW. Those were a bunch of Japanese uh, suffixes that were thrown in there. I had to look up what Onichan was mm-hmm. to make sure it wasn't a diss. He's not calling you <laughs> something? Yeah, it's it's not a diss. <laughs> nope, no, it's not. I guess it means older brother. You're, you're all set, though. You're like, hey, no one calls me. Hey, Yarrow. No one calls me an well, Oni-chan. Yeah, I'm like, what, what, you're calling me an ogre? Like a baby ogre or something? Like a little cute ogre? What's this? Like, I know what an Oni is, but you spell it with two eyes. So either you're dumb and don't know how to spell it right, or I'm dumb and don't know what you're talking about. Turns out I was the dumb one. I didn't know what it meant. By the way, nothing wrong with ogres in case you thought it was an insult. Yeah, but when I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, there's no hyphen in between. It's just, it, there, there's no space. It's just all one word on... uh here on uh, Urban Dictionary. That's where I would default to. Well, isn't there, isn't it, like, now it's all down to either Urban Dictionary or Know Your Meme? Like, those are the two definitions of dumb internet words sites. Okay, well, the second definition does have a hyphen in it, ah. so I don't know. All right. Well, it's good that we've settled this before we get to the question. Otherwise, it might have colored our answer. Yeah. 
he says, I come to you with but one humble question for your consideration, and that is, have you ever had a time in your life where you felt Transformers, or any other franchise you love for that matter, uh, left you by the wayside with the direction it was going at the time? I ask this because, without going into too much detail, uh, I myself went through that last year with Combiner Wars. I mean, don't get me wrong, Combiners are one of the coolest parts of the franchise, but something about the visual aesthetic of the figures didn't click with me whatsoever, and I ended up not buying any of them. This is coming from someone who's been dying for an official Devastator for years. Uh, don't worry, though, I've still been in the fandom and listening in the whole time, as I just like you guys too darn much to ever quit the show, and Titan's Return looks to be way more up my al- uh, almost said ally. Way more up my alley. Anyway, thanks for taking the time to answer my question, keep up the great work, click etc and etc. Um, Seth, I pulled this one for us because I know that there have been points while we were recording we've talked about, um, toy lines taking directions in Transformers where you just weren't really feeling the click and you were, uh, able to sit out for a bit, and yeah. by virtue of that, s- save lots of money. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and even in those times, there were still figures I would get anyway, either because I thought they looked especially cool or it was a character that I felt compelled, like, well, it's a Starscream. I got to get a Starscream. Um, But yeah, like a lot of the Unicron trilogy stuff I wasn't into, especially the like uh, Cybertron and and uh, what's what's the other one? No, Energon. Yeah, it's just Cybertron and Energon, especially. Um, And then there'd be... Like, I would always, like, start all right with movie lines and then kind of wonder why I ever started in on the movie line. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. But, like, I really like what they're doing now where they have, like, the... Okay, here's the line for the kids and here's the line for the older people. Because that's like more it's all the g1 wank stuff that that i can't resist so that's fine with me and then i could just not bother with with a like the prime toys or whatever because they don't appeal to me like the Mm. the style the direction like the level of articulation and parts and all that just don't do it for me so it's fine i'm glad that there's an option Mm. so yeah yes there have been times where I haven't been into it as much. I think it's it's incredibly healthy, uh, and there's nothing to be worried about. I, I find sometimes people who, like, hit that the first time get worried of, like, you know, am I done with this fandom? And in the case of a thing like Transformers that often tends to be both perpetual and constantly changing its status quo as far as aesthetic, like, it's more of just, like, a break period. Not necessarily, like, a short break period. It could be a couple years, but... Especially with with third party stuff happening, like there's always stuff coming out, um, and if you're not clicking with anything that's coming out, it's it's like I don't think it's anything to worry about if you just like step back for even a year or two and then just step back in and go like, all right, what came out since I left? Oh, that's a big list, and then you have lots of stuff you can browse through. Yeah, and there was a stretch not very long ago, just like maybe a couple of years ago, where. I was buying more third-party stuff than official stuff just because the official stuff wasn't doing it for me. Mm. But like what you were saying, like about uh, having those concerns, like, oh, maybe I'm done with Transformers. Like there were, there's been a couple times where that thought crossed my mind. And then, then one line would end and a new one would start. That was more interesting. And be like, no, I'm still into it. I just wasn't into that. Yeah. So, I mean, with other franchises, I think that it is a legit worry if, you know, it goes in a direction and you're just not clicking with it, maybe your time with it is done for, you know, the foreseeable future. 
but specifically with Transformers, it always feels to me like like the it's not even that the the franchise reboots itself. It's like pieces of it reboot themselves autonomously from each other over and over again. And, you know, where that might damage some of the longevity of the fiction, it also means you always have reentry points just like constantly popping open going like, hey, do you want to see what it looks like now? And so it, specifically to Transformers, I would say like anyone listening out there, like if you ever feel, you know, oh, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm not into it anymore. Like just take a little break and then just pop your head in every now and then and see what else is fresh, especially if you're OK with unofficial product, because like it's a ridiculous cycle of like constant stuff coming out. Like you, you just don't have to worry. Like <laughs> look, look at the breaks as a wonderful grace period where you don't feel any temptation whatsoever. That's what I would recommend. I also pulled this question because I thought about it. Me and Aaron kind of tend to buy like most everything official that isn't like a one-step changer. And we still sometimes pick up one or two of those out of interest. And so I, and, and uh, TJ, aside from movie stuff and unofficial stuff, tends to get a lot of everything as well. So I figured this, this would be a real weird uh, and like goes nowhere kind of answer if I did it over there. Um, we got interest over here. Uh, speaking for myself, I never really felt left behind for longer than maybe a month or two. Like, I'm more... Sometimes there are things that come out that people get really excited about, and I just can't. And it, uh, it used to bug me sometimes, because I, I would go like, but I like everything! Why don't I like this thing everyone else is into? That you know, These are people who sometimes don't like everything. And then if, if it's, it helped me piece together what makes me like figures specifically, more so than just transforming. And so sometimes things come out and the engineering just doesn't engage me whatsoever. Like, I think the biggest thing um, has been uh, the, the stuff that Fans Toys puts out unofficially, which is wildly popular stuff, like uh, considered by many to be some of the best masterpiece alike stuff on the unofficial market. And for whatever reason, something about the 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 engineering end of it and, and some of the design end of it, like very rarely really engages with me. And then. I go into, you know, sub forums and, and I go on social media and there's just there's buzz about the fresh fans toys stuff. And I spent a good like couple months going like, Is this, like, why am I not getting it? What am I missing? And then I, I thought about it. You know, I messed with a couple fans toys pieces and I was like, yeah, I just for whatever reason, this just doesn't excite me. Um, it doesn't excite what I get excited about uh, specifically. And then I just, you know, and then the other thing I did is I didn't go hunting down people talking about fans toy stuff and then stick my hand up like, hey, 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 I just want you all to know I don't care about what you're talking about. <laughs> and then walk away. That happens like so like so much on the Internet that I've started. I was so happy when I finally identified that as a thing and, and tried to cut it out of my own life <laughs> in some way. Like, feeling the need to, like, participate in conversations to the point of, like, cutting in to tell people you don't care. And it's like, you just had to st I had to step back. I had to step out of myself for a second and go, like, wait a second. This is a really silly thing to do. Because <laughs> there are now people who only talk to me, or I only, I only converse with them about things that I don't care about that they care about. And it's me telling them I don't care about it. That kind of makes me a dick. I should stop. I did it a few more times for fun than I saw. Um, but yeah, uh, I, th I thought it was it was a pretty cool question. It's one of those questions that I think also really is a, a good thing to think about just as you know, listeners out there, you know, as a fan in the long term, you know, think about your cycles. Think about what interests you. Um, think about what maybe you are trying to get into out of a sense of obligation rather than a sense of genuine interest. Um, 
Because there's, there's one thing that I feel good about. It's the number of really dumb Transformers things that I'm into because of a general or a genuine interest. Like the, the ongoing progression of live action movie Optimus Prime story that I unironically really enjoy for lots of unintended reasons by the writers of those stories. Um, or like I discovered through simply trying one out that I actually really dig the, the current uh, Robots in Disguise cartoons, like, you know, higher end toys the the warrior price point stuff um just turns out i really enjoy a lot of them and i've i uh, considering how i i went mold complete on that line i really was self-analyzing how like am i just doing this out of autopilot or do i like these and uh, i found i I really do enjoy a great deal of those figures so it's it's always worth kind of pausing and step i always say it's stepping out of oneself and kind of considering your self-motivations here and there uh I also like talking about stuff in such like minute and self-critical detail when in the bigger picture, it's just about like, what toys am I buying in my hobby? Um, I should apply that level of thought to more important things, but that's an ongoing struggle. Uh, Seth, I think that's all the listener questions I pulled. Um, is there anything just in the, in the, in the Transformers news world that uh, you felt engaged by i i took a look there was there wasn't very much for me uh it's part of no. why i thought i'd do this listener question thing yeah before i went to look at the topic list i started scrolling through the front page um to look for like a pick pick or something before i found out we weren't doing that yeah which was fine because i mean nothing was really jumping at me yeah um, like there's some really cool, um, pictures of upcoming toys out there. Like I would definitely say, you know, like it, it's exciting to see that function X highbrow finally existing, uh, Japanese version of Quillfire makes me happy, but there wasn't really anything that I felt like, especially in like, as I said last week, after all that toy fair talk, I was like, a, a break is nice. <laughs> Seth, did you know there's a new Transformers trademark for flip racers? I was just looking at that. The friggin' they'll probably flip and race. Oh, here's official images of MP30 Ratchet. Are they new? I don't. I don't know if they're new, but it's pictures of. I got some. St- uh, yeah, these are, these these are just bigger versions of the images we saw. Oh, so yeah. that terrible image is still here. We're, in what we got this week, I'm going to have some stuff to say about whoever is doing the photography for these Masterpiece toys. Cause I might crap. have to get two of these ratchets. Seth, look at this picture. This is It's, it's ratchet4.jpg. Like, that's one of the worst pictures I've seen promote a toy in a long time. It's, 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 a, it's a terrible pose and a bad angle. Like, what are they doing? Like, this makes him look like his arms are, are like, <laughs> as long as his, like, neck. <laughs> yeah, but this just seems to be, like, a really hard mold to photograph well, because, like, in... Like we talked about last week, like all the run up to Ironhide coming out, I was kind of like, Ugh, I don't know if this is going to be any good. But then he was cool. Yeah. So, like, well, so Ironhide made me question it. I just got Masterpiece Hot Rod, and like I look, I compared him to some of the fo- like the worst photos, and I'm I'm aghast that someone is being paid for this photography. Like, uh, like that that picture I sent you, like that's a terrible pose, and like Ironhide Ratchet, you know, is a tricky toy to pose, but like. As more people are getting that toy in hand, I'm thinking, like, how how many people have, with ease, taken better pictures? And then, like, I got I got Hot Rod, and I and I I 
I looked at the screen cap that one of the worst pictures was trying to emulate, and I did a better job in like 60 seconds. And also they picked a screen cap that was breaking physics that wouldn't actually be possible to replicate as well. And that was also part of the problem. I don't know. I'm I'm real happy we're out of this cycle of these terrible photos. <laughs> like all <laughs> these toys are coming out. I'll talk more about Hot Rod in a bit. Um, Seth, uh, do you want to talk about what we got this week? Sure. Uh, let's start with you then. What'd you get this week? On topic? Yeah. Nada. Oh. Nada. The only on topic thing I got I wanted to touch on was Rod or Hot Rod. So I guess, hey, okay. we've, we, hey, guess what, everyone? We're back. We're going to talk a little bit about Hot Rod. So, you know, so Trax, Ironhide, and Hot Rod are like the three toys coming out that are like similar to the Hesui car robots, but by a different designer. Yes. Um, and, you know, Trax was fine, but had some weird little problems, which is like, oh, that's a shame. Ironhide was like a, a tactile hit as far as like how he feels as a toy. I would totally solidly put Rodimus in between the two as like better than Trax, but not quite as nice as Ironhide. Um, he feels really good. Uh, both modes, I think, look fine in person. Uh, there's a lot of tab locks, especially for the backpack. It's like the antithesis of the old masterpiece Hot Rod when the backpack would just constantly disengage and, like, fall off or, like, flop backwards. There's, like, five tabs holding this one on. Um, it's a really cool transformation. Uh, the only bummer is, like, the transformation doesn't have all those moments of click like Ironhide's does, partly because Hot Rod's a smaller toy. And Hot Rod's robot mode, like, it looks way better when it's not having terrible photos taken of it, but it has some weird stuff still, and most of that weird stuff is his chest. Uh, his chest is, like, just really flat and kind of boxy, um, and I think that that is entirely to have a matrix chamber in it that he didn't need to have. If that matrix chamber wasn't there, I feel like there could have been another joint put in there somewhere to just add a little bit of, of curvature to his stomach, because it's the lack of curvature that really kills him. His backpack is kind of big, but the backpack, I don't see any way for that to have shrunken down without, like, a bajillion more moving parts that would have made it like a way less solid feeling toy. Only thing about the backpack I would have liked to see is there's two red plates sort of sticking up out of the top of it. And if those had folded down, they would have made it look like really clean. Um, but like, he's, he's a totally fine figure. I think he's like, a, he's feels more solid to me than tracks. And I thought tracks was fine. Um, and if he had more, if more of his tabs clicked in like iron hides, I'd put him up there with iron hide side by side, maybe even better than, uh, but as it is, he's like he's a solid second place uh, from this like trilogy of new era releases. Um, also, if you can get him for like, you know, his five thousand fifty five hundred yen ish price, like that's a fantastic price for what he is. The car mode looks great. It's like it's it's finally has the right shapes. It doesn't have all that weird, like lumpy curvature that the MPO nine version had. Um, so it makes me happy. Seth, uh, I got a Skype message from the grapevine telling me that you actually do have something on topic. Yeah, I'm a dum-dum. I brought it upstairs just before we started recording, and I put it on the desk right in front of me, and it didn't register in my head that it was there. Oh, no! <laughs> so I'm a dummy. I got the Skylinks. Oh, uh, the combining one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it, it's cool. It's fun. I mean, it's Skylink, so it's stupid. Yeah. Which is why we love them so much. Um, just a couple little nitpicks, like the wings. There, there's something about the wings that I think could have been better, maybe. 
Um, and his tail is so short, it's kind of hard to tell that it's even a tail. Oh, yeah, you, you need to put those swords on it or it's not even there. Yeah. But um, his chest mode, like torso mode, is great. Is really, really good. Yeah. And I love the head sculpt. The head sculpt's uh, kind of amazing. For the uh, the combined mode? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... Just the amount of detail and panel lining and everything is just really awesome on that thing. And they, they picked the right gold paint to make a lot of that stuff, like, sort of self-shade a little bit. Like, it, it just shines really well. Yeah, so he's fun. Like, us, the, I mean, Skylinks is just silly. I like him. Yeah, how, how do you feel about, for a Voyager toy, how do you feel about his size? Because that's been a huge talking point for a lot of people. I mean, it does, it does feel a little small, but that's comparing it, in my head, that's comparing it to the original Skylinks, which was kind of huge. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's the size he needs to be to be a torso. It's just the nature of what he turns into, I think, is part of why he's the size that he is in his other modes. Yeah, for a Voyager toy, I thought he was kind of, like, with his wingspan out, um, like, he felt kind of big to me. Um, like, for a Voyager toy. he's He just feels kind of, like, wide. And for I don't know why, that always makes me feel like a toy is bigger when it's got girth. Um, are you uh, Have you actually combined him with anybody, or are you just sort of leaving him on his own? No, like, all my other uh, combiners are kind of packed away still from the move. Mm-mm. I mean, it's not like I can't get to them. They're just all in their own little individual Tupperware boxes. There's somewhere I where mean, it's t- it's like you could get them, but do you wanna right now? I would have had to have gone upstairs at the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I was doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, I put them just into the the torso mode to to see, and I was like, man, that looks really good, and I love this head so much. Um, it made me kind of for a moment reconsider if I really wanted to skip the deluxes for the wave and I'm holding I'm holding fast on that decision. If if like you probably shouldn't pay retail for them cuz two of them are like severely lacking in color layout. But if they end up going on sale somehow, uh <clears throat> it, it might be worth considering. The only bummer is we got like a case assortment there's going to be a case revision that like nullifies Trailbreaker. And so, like, that wave might end up becoming scarce, which is, like, really weird to me. The idea that that wave of all waves might become the scarce one. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because it's being, it's, it seems like it's, it's being plentifully found on shelves in the, in the States. So, probably isn't a problem. But, you know, if they go on sale at Target or something. uh... I don't know about other Targets, but it seems like my Target never puts anything you want on sale. As far as toys go, it's crazy. Anyway, and then, or it's like a dollar off, and then what's the difference? Yeah. Hey, that's that's four dollars off if you're buying all four of them. Whoa. Right, yeah. <coughs> yeah, well, it's like $80 off if you don't get any of them. It's true. <laughs> um, Your prices may vary. Well, any savings in American dollars is now worth a lot more in Canadian, so there's that side of it. Uh, cool. I'm glad you picked up Skylinks. That's a that's a good toy, and it seems like some people are having trouble finding him. 
So, you know, Skylink's watch is well, still on. So far, this is the only time I've seen it. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's shown up in Canada at all yet, outside of, like, Diamond Distributing. And if you get him through that, it's, like, 40 bucks, which is a bummer. Yeah, well, we were heading into the Transformer aisle, and I was like, I'm telling my girlfriend, I'm like, yeah, I mean, these are new, but I think I'm going to pass on them. I'm like, the, the only thing that's, like, new out right now that... I'm even really considering is and then I spotted on the bottom shelf. I'm like, is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when like the shelves let you punctuate a sentence like that. Yeah. Um cool. I'm glad I'm glad you're digging them for the most part. Um I still have to do some there's a tweak that you can do to like tighten his combiner hip ratchets and mine could kind of use that, so I got to give that a shot. Um, it's just like, it's, it's just adding some, some buffer underneath the thing that pushes against the ratchet gear. So it's a bit tighter. And I have, uh -huh. I have done that twice now. So I actually know what to do for that modification. Pat myself on the back. Uh, Seth, outside of Transformers, did you get anything else this past week or so? Yes. Wow. Same target, different visit. Ah. So now we're heading down the Star Wars aisle. And my eye goes straight to where the, the black six-inch figures are kept. And I'm like, yep, there's all those fins that are always there. I'm like, oh, there's a Phasma. Well, I already got Phasma. I don't need Phasma, but huh, there's a Phasma amongst all the fins. Hmm. And I point to her and I, to my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, well, I got a Phasma. And she goes, well, what about all these over here? And on a different peg in a different part of the aisle, they had all the... The fin trooper wave. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Start throwing those in the cart. <laughs> Get those over here. Um, I've seen every figure from that wave except for fin trooper. Well, I grabbed fin, flame trooper, or as I said on Twitter, the flame trooper and the lame trooper. <laughs> um, old Han and Django. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, ah, do I really want to get Django? I'm like, ah, what the hell? I'll just get Django too. And then we throw them in the cart. I pull out my phone. I go to Big Bad and I cancel my pre-order right then and there. Mm -hmm. And then we check out. We're heading to the car. I'm like, I'm, I start looking at the receipt. I'm like, I want to see like what the price difference was. Like, did I save a couple bucks? Is it kind of the same as if I had gotten it on Big Bad? And and uh, it turned out to be cheaper buying it at Target because the girl wasn't paying attention and she only scanned three of them. <laughs> so I got one free. That's, so that, sounds that worked like, out. I, I told you that story <laughs> about how I got the two-pack with the Riot Trooper and it didn't scan. And then after a long wait, the manager said, how about $18 or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we were buying so much other stuff, too. Yeah. Like some grocery stuff and some other house stuff, um, cat food, stuff like that. Like I didn't, as I was paying, I didn't think like something's not right here, right here with the cost because we were getting so much, so many different things. Yeah. That's, I didn't have a running tally in my head of what to expect the total to be. That's great. Cause then you didn't flinch at the wrong moment. Right. You played it cool. Hey, you know what? That means Django was free. There you go. Yeah. Free Django. Yeah. Woo. Um, <laughs> So, I I got to do some hot water stuff on the flame trooper because his his right hand the fingers are curled up so tight 
uh, I was getting really nervous trying to wedge the 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 flamethrower handle into his hand. Yeesh. And then I was like, one of the first things I do when I unpack a figure is I move all the joints to make sure all the joints are fine. And his wrist swivel, like it does the thing where you try to turn a little bit and then it sort of sponges back to where it was. Oh, and you're like, oh, I'm so, just twisting the peg. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> twisting the peg. So I'm going to... I stopped messing with that. I'm like, I'm going to dunk this guy's arm in hot water and hope it loosens everything up. Yeah. Um, the Finn Trooper, the, the, the bloody smear paint up on the helmet's pretty good. Uh, the body is exactly, you know, what you expect it to be. Mm. Um, I think the head sculpt for Finn is better on the other figure. Oh, the po the po jacket Finn, I think is a better head sculpt. Um, the head in general on Finn Trooper is a little bit smaller. Weird. And his face is really expressionless, where the Poe jacket Finn has a little bit of a smirk. Yeah. Which just makes him look more like a person. I, I guess instead it's instead of a mannequin. I guess it's just a byproduct of the removable helmet. Well, that's what I started thinking when I realized it was a smaller head. I was like, okay, because the helmet went on so tight. I'm like, well, I guess it, the helmet's just not going to fit on Poe Finn. So, Poe Jacket Finn. So, I just go to put it on to see, and it just slipped right on, and it's fine. Weird. It fits fine. <laughs> it fits the larger, better-looking head fine. And then when you have the helmet off on Trooper Finn... He kind of looks like a pinhead. <laughs> His head's too small without the helmet. I should probably look up, because, uh, uh, what was it, Rebel Scum is a forum I kind of pop in to look for QC or, or upgrade ideas on Black Series. Uh-huh. I, I'm sure they've already tried head swapping those figures. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that probably would see. work. Yeah. Although smirking, like post-traumatic stress disorder Finn might look weird. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But, I mean, he looks fine with the helmet on. Yeah. All the not-as-good face sculpt doesn't really matter with the helmet's on. And that's that's why I want that figure, is because it's another Stormtrooper for the most part. Um, yeah. For to, I, I want that to be, like, my... I just I don't know. Like, I've, I said it before. I have a storyline in mind for my First Order crew, and one of them has got to be Finn Trooper. He's got to be the one in back who just looks like he's, you know, something's wrong. Yeah, that was my plan when I finally put out my first order, guys. Like, I'm going to have Phasma Hux and Kylo in front. Mm-hmm. My assorted stormtroopers, like, behind and flanking them. And then just the, the bloody helmeted Finn sort of obscured in the back. Yeah. Like, he's back there. You can see him if you look for him. But if at a glance, you might not notice he's in there. I still got to track down Finn Trooper and Hux, and then I'm I'm done with Black Series for the time being. Yeah. But the old Han Solo. Speaking of head sculpts, yeah. It's kind of a running joke that no one can do a Harrison Ford head sculpt that looks like Harrison Ford. This looks shockingly like Harrison Ford. I guess the wrinkles just make his contours easier to capture, or something. I guess, but uh, it looks really, really good. And there's a couple of times where the light hits it just right, where it looks amazing. That that photo you put on Twitter looked incredible. I was like, I couldn't believe that was the Black Series head. Yeah, and the uh, 
It, it doesn't have the plastic sheen to it. Like I was complaining the Hux figure has. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's more matte. And just like looking at it standing on my desk right now, the way the light's hitting it, I think it looks even better than that picture I put up. It just, man, it's so good. And they must have done a face scan of Harrison Ford. I'm sure they they did it for everybody because like yeah. like the um the Ray figure someone did like a really high end paint job on that, and it yeah. looks startlingly realistic. Yeah, and yeah, so maybe it is his aged, uh, face that just translated better, or or they went in there and tweaked it also. Like a lot of times when I see just straight face scan toy faces. Like, especially the WWE figures, mm. sometimes they don't look anything like the person that they're supposed to be. So I, I blame their, because I, I, I feel the same way about the WWE, like wrestler face scan figures. I think that they just do garbage face scans. Like, they do face scans where they're like, you know, okay, Bray Wyatt, we're going to face scan you. He's like, okay, I'll put on, okay, put on a big dumb smile. All right, we're done. And then, you know, you get the Bray Wyatt figure who's got this big dopey grin. Yeah. And then I don't know if they ever go back in... To those scans and sort of like tweak them a little bit but i think that would help yeah and i don't know if that's what happened with harrison ford but if i found out like oh yeah we went in after the fact and and kind of nudged some details around like i wouldn't be surprised for sure and it looks really good for the effort so and like that's probably one of like you know of the the force awakens figures like that's probably one of the ones that the team on the whole most wanted to get right because it's like we're going to do probably one Han Solo and like who knows if this is also the last Han Solo toy we do for a long time. Let's make this a good one. We're going to do a Han Solo and there's a chance we're going to see it on the shelves for a really long time. <laughs> so it might as well look good. <laughs> make our whole line look excellent. I uh, had a... So when they're peg warming for months on end. There was a really we funny, uh, really funny trio of photos with old Han that that fake eyes twenty two David on Twitter uh, put together. Oh, I missed those. I was dying. Dig back through. I sent I sent you a link on here. Stuff. It uh, it should load up all three. This is it's an excellent use of the Ghost Rider head, and it, it made me actually laugh really loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, sometimes fake eyes' <laughs> Twitter pics uh, make me mad because they're better than what I would do. And I like to think that I am could be funny with toy pictures. And then he'll do some stuff and I just sit there and go, stupid, funny jokes. <laughs> I just couldn't get over how good. Make him showing me up doing better than I would do. I, could, I couldn't. Jerk. I couldn't get over how excellent the Ghost Rider head looked for this series of pictures. Yeah. Like that's what makes it. <laughs> like I was just dying. I was imagining the animated, you know, like the 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 hypothetical actual version of this put to film. Han <laughs> Solo's going like ah. <laughs> but it's not even like modern CGI. It's like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, sort of animated skull burning. <laughs> I need to make sure I I gotta. I'm gonna add this to the under what we got on our topic list because I, I don't want to describe the pictures. I just want people to go see them. <laughs> um, well, that's excellent. You got you got a really good deal on that stuff, and you, you don't have to worry about. Uh, oh, do you, do you have any other waves on pre-order with Big Bad, or was that the one? 
Um, I don't. Well, wait. Was there were some new things that went up? Not. There's the wave with the the rebels characters in it. Oh yeah, I think I'm skipping that. Uh, like I haven't seen rebels at all, and that Luke is kind of weird looking. Oh yeah, the, yeah, that's like Toga Luke. Yeah, so maybe that will look better in person, and if I see it in person, then I'll consider it. But yeah, I don't know anything about rebels, so. Yeah, I uh, I like Rebels, but I, I, I and I almost pre-ordered that wave, and then I stopped, and I was like, I'm not even getting everyone from the movie. Like, I'm just getting First Order. Why would I want to break that streak for, like, you know, I I like Rebels. I don't think I like Rebels enough to really want to get those figures unless I know they're going to do the whole cast, and, like, I, I think that's probably still up in the air. Yeah. Um, hey, I have a breaking news item that just showed up Uh-oh. on my Twitter feed. When news breaks. So... You know how they made a masterpiece Ultra Magnus? Yes. You know how everyone was like, hey, I bet you they're going to redeco him as, like, Diaclone Magnus? Sure. Um, so they are. Ooh. Uh, his name is Delta Magnus. But guess what? Guess what? 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 He's MP31. He has a unique number. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> Uh, that's also freaking me out because I actually I, I I I really dig collecting all the numbered ones, and this is probably the first time I'm hitting the thing now where I'm like, oh no, a numbered one, and he's going to be like two hundred bucks. Oh god! But that's really cool. They're gonna. I wonder if he's going to be an original character. That would be the best. But I like that name, Delta Magnus. That's a, that's a cool name. Um, Do you know anything about these Army Alphas figures? Uh, is that the like the skeleton and the and the army man in green? No, like this, there's a SWAT man, a desert soldier, a green army man. Right, and then like two skeletons. Yeah, I so that's six inch, if I recall correctly. Yes, I want to say that's a line that's in the midst of getting kickstarted, but I might be mixing it up with another one. I wouldn't be surprised because these don't. A lot of these don't even look like prototype figure pictures. No, yeah, it's, it looked very CAD to me. The skeleton looks like it's like it's an actual photo, though. Yeah, as as far I as know. I... I just went to Big Bad to look at my pre-orders, and I saw it there, and this is the first time seeing of it. That, that skeleton caught my eye the last time I was there. I, I was almost tempted, but then I thought I could probably wait till they actually come out to hear what they're like. But uh, it's not the first time I've seen like a, a, a line that's like, you know, a Kickstarter toy line that's also reaching out to start pre-orders. Like, I, I bet you that's part of their initial funding plan. Um, but yeah, a- anything... Well, oh, go ahead. Okay, no, no, go ahead. I was going to ask you Finish if there's... Thought. I was going to ask you if there's anything else on your plate for what we got this week. Oh, no, but I just got to that wave that we were talking about that had the Rebels characters. It looks like there's only one Rebel character. And then Ahsoka from Clone Wars. That's I think that's the Rebels version of Ahsoka. Oh, okay. So she comes back around in Rebels? Yes. She does look older. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Rebels version of her. Okay. Yeah, this is the wave with... Uh, well, this might be the revision wave, but yeah, it's just Flame Troopers and Snow Troopers and more Django. I don't need none of it. Yeah. I've been s- slowly working my way through Clone Wars on Netflix. I haven't even tried. I'm too. Um, I'm way too in the daunted. Of season two. 
there's so much i just can't like i know it's good like and, and uh, my friend keith has said it's like it's better than rebels but that's not to slay rebels it's just it, apparently the scope of clone wars gets incredible but i'm like so daunted by how much there is yeah my understanding is it gets better as it goes yeah because some of these episodes is just like a fight scene it's the whole episode is just a battle yeah <laughs> and it's like there's no no story nothing happening it's just fighting for like almost the entire episode um so it's and it's fine it, some stuff i'm enjoying more than others um part of what made me start watching it was so i'm still playing that star wars galaxies a heroes game yeah and so i get into like these crazy star wars jags where I, like i know i'm going to be playing this game for like an hour or two and I'm not going to be paying 100% attention to the TV. So I'm just going to throw Clone Wars on and two or three episodes will pass while I'm playing this game. And there's a bunch of characters and stuff in that game that are from Clone Wars. So that I don't know about. Like there's all these characters that are collectively called the Night Sisters that I just don't know about. But I know they're from Clone Wars, so I'll get to those episodes eventually. Yeah. I, uh, I've been tempted to watch Clone Wars because I know that, like, as especially in season two, Rebels has a lot more direct ties to it. But I just really am I'm more interested in Rebels because of it, its setting in the timeline. Because the, mm-hmm. the, the one thing, like, and I know, I know that it, this is not actually a problem with Clone Wars. This is my problem. I'm just not as interested in Clone Wars because it's between two films I've seen. And, like, very directly between them with characters from both of them. And I'm like... I feel like whatever Clone Wars does, like the delivery of episode three is always going to be hovering in the back of my head over it. Yeah. And whereas with Rebels, it's this fresh cast. And all I know is this is the show that is between the prequels and A New Hope. And like, so I don't feel like I'm watching a bunch of characters who don't, I guess, matter as much to me. Um, yeah, like one one thing that I have to sort of deal with while watching Clone Wars is... You know, certain characters are never really in danger because they're the movie characters. Yeah. Atticon, Obi-Wan, RTD, 2 c 3 po Jar Jar, blah, blah, blah. Then those characters don't feel as interesting because you know they're fine. And then the characters who are more, that I feel are more interesting, like Ahsoka and Ventress, are ultimately inconsequential because they're not in the movies. So whatever they're up to really doesn't mean anything in the greater scheme because at some point they just disappear from the fiction. That's that's what made Rebels more interesting to me is it's not in such close proximity to either movie. So yeah. it's like these characters could have an impact because this may well be like this, you know, there, there's I think season two, like, they, you know, there's a character that's revealed he's going to be in season two. And I'm like, oh, OK, that puts this in closer proximity to a new hope than i thought but the very nature of the story of a new hope is like these characters could still matter because a new hope's scope was real tight considering how how big star wars can get like in a new hope you're really just following this handful of characters and like the ones who are in rebels could well be you know retroactively alive during that film just off doing something somewhere else and it just it, it makes me more interested in them like I, I only it only took me until like recently to get over the fact that in Clone Wars they make really cool characters out of like clone troopers and out of 
you know, some of the Jedi. And to me, it's like it took it took a long time for me to get over the fact that a majority of those characters I already know are going to very ignobly cease to exist with Order 66. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, I ended up reading a bunch of spoilers on uh, various pedias and I was like, oh, they actually wrote really clever ways out for some of these characters. Like, OK, like I'm, I'm more interested now, but um, inherently Rebels just has more of a draw to me. Yeah, and with that cast being all original characters, I think that makes it that that lets them be interesting on their own. Oh yeah, and it, it sounds like my saying that kind of counterdicts what I was just saying about characters from Clone Wars, um, except for they're like your Rebels characters aren't directly tied to anything that happened in movies, and maybe they'll put in some references to stuff but for the most part it's kind of their own story which is i think better yeah and and then putting it as part of this larger story and then now you have these characters like cad bane's another character that seems kind of interesting but whatever happens to him he's just kind of going to be out of it at some point yeah like like with with rebels like there are you know there are there are existing characters from films who show up but like it's just again i think given its place in the chronology it's just inherently more interesting because it's not right before this cataclysmic event that you know episode three was supposed to be yeah so rather than being right before everyone dies and everything horrible happens it's oh it's right before the next adventure started you know yeah and it makes some of the events in episode three seem strange because here's Attican spent like this entire war with this Padawan in Ahsoka. And now when everything's kind of coming to a head, like she's not me- even mentioned, let alone <laughs> part of it. She's just not even around. And like, as Attican's going on his like, kill them all rampage, like all the Jedi got to go. Like you'd think that would have been like this big, like pathos moment of like does he let ahsoka slip away does he like specifically try to hunt her down because he knows all of her abilities or it it just it makes it seem weird that they would get to episode three and it's like ah she doesn't even cross my mind yeah like and you know to to the credit of the people who are writing these shows like they like I, i mentioned earlier like they come up with some really creative ass ways to to kind of preserve their characters through those events. Yeah. Which I really appreciate, especially in the case of some of those clones. Like, not so much preserving, but, like, the clones, like, they make they actually made an interesting story out of Order 66 somewhere in Clone Wars. Okay. Well, I haven't gotten anywhere near that part, but they've established a couple situations in what I have seen where clones have exercised free will and, like, one turned traitor... Another one deserted the army and is living on a farm. Yeah. Which which then it makes me wonder like how hardwired is Order 66 that couldn't some of the clones have been like, no, wait, this is crazy. I'm not gonna blast this Jedi that I've been following for the last however long the war's been going on. Yeah, like I, I won't I won't go specifics, but I was I was really impressed to see them directly tackle that before that show ended no. like that. And cause I was like, that's, that's part of the whole reason why I would even want to make this show is to 
you know, engage in story beats that episode three's delivery just completely faffed over. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's again why I can also see like such a draw to Clone Wars and sometime I'm going to go in there and, and give it a shot. Uh, I just like when it when it's like, what is it, six or seven seasons and I get like three different viewing lists from three different people. I'm like, I just can't deal with this right now. Like Better Call well, Saul is 10 episodes <laughs> again. Viewing lists just either watch it or don't. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Like, um, like some of the episodes are snoozes, but you know, I I've been finding it as like I was saying a good show to be paying like half or two thirds attention to. Yeah, I, I'd rather experience the crap with the good than try to you know weave around it because that just ends up being so much extra work. It's just going to make the good episodes more irritating to watch because it's like okay, I got to go hunt down this one now, and yeah. Um, anything else off topic on your end? Um, I'm looking around. No, I don't think so. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got a couple things here and there, but I haven't messed with any of it to really know. I, I bought my first can of Krylon Fusion paint to, okay. to try. It's, it's apparently it, it molecularly bonds with plastic or something. I, I got it cause I got, I won a couple 3d printed parts from, uh, Dr. Killinger. He ran a contest on Facebook for uh he he ran like 30 copies of these extra bits to go onto uh an unofficial uh figure of a comic character called Turmoil to make his canon a bit bigger and so there was a Facebook contest which was just you know like share this and you'll be entered in the draw and he he gave away 30 sets of them and I won one of them and it's it was just like a raw 3D printed uh set of pieces so I went out and I got like you know 200 400 and 600 grit sandpaper and I did the whole process on the stuff. I used some Bondic to seal the, the seam line between the Canon extension halves and then smoothed it out. And then I got this Krylon paint and tried spraying it. And it turned out pretty well. So now I'm, I'm starting to feel like a junior customizer. So how long does it take for that paint to dry? So it's, uh, it's weird. So it's like in 15 minutes, it's like dry enough to like, you know, not be literally wet. And then they're still tacky on the sewing. Yeah. And then it says, like, try to wait an hour before handling anything. And then it says after seven days, it'll have fully cured and become like chip resistant. Yeah. That kind of sounds similar to some paint I got um, when I was messing around with painting Nerf guns that um, is intended for like auto. Like it's it's in a can. It's like a spray paint. And then they also made paint pens of the stuff. Um, but that stuff needed at least a week to cure, if not two. And man, it smelled real, real bad while you were waiting. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's supposed to be tough as nails once it's dry. Um, yeah, th this stuff, like since it's just like two add-on pieces, I figured I'd just wait an hour or two and then just like test fit them, whatever. Um, and it's like, I, it's basically I was spraying black plastic black but i was spraying it because you know it had sanded stuff all over it um and it, it turned out fine like i'm kind of leaving them alone now but uh yeah it, it was neat like i got a, a can of white and a can of black and i figure like hey now i have some aerosol like primer at least for model kits and stuff uh -huh. so uh tomorrow hopefully i'm gonna try spray painting a shapeways figure uh to see how that stuff works with their printed plastic I'm going to spray paint my uh, C-3PO model mm -hmm. with the vacuum chrome. I'm going to primer it real good. 
Nice. <laughs> I saw the uh, they had metallic spray paint, and I was like, I want to know what this looks like on a like model kit, but I didn't want to actually buy it. Yeah. I saw some pictures, speaking of that model kit, C-3PO, where someone painted up a C-3PO and R2-D2 like crazy, like as into a couple anime characters that I don't know the names of. Yeah. And then I started thinking, like, man, that would be fun to, like, get another set of these and paint them some weird thing. I don't think I will. But <laughs> when I saw this picture, I was like, man, now I want to do that. I just probably won't. <laughs> when I uh, I opened up, because I was using the lid of the BB-8 R2-D2 box to spray stuff in. Uh-huh. So I looked at their sprues and like there's like their parts are so color coordinated and separated. Yeah. I was like, man, you could like take all the orange parts and spray them one color, all the white parts, spray them a different color. And like it is tempting, especially when, you know, a, a company's kit has like plastic colors separating everything rather than decals. Yeah, like it's it seems like so simple just to like, hey, I'm going to recolor all of this stuff like this and all this stuff like this. And like it is tempting. Um. I just uh, luckily I don't feel very excited about other color variations on Star Wars droids, but there are other kits where I, I feel like I'm going to get really tempted. Well, it, like if I were to do it, I wouldn't be trying to make other things from Star Wars. I would paint them crazy for the hell of it. What if you repainted a BB-8 and he's just like a giant mad ball, like an eyeball? Yeah, something thing. like that. Yeah. Like, attach a tongue to his little head and, like, paint a huge mouth on part of his body. Or try to do C-3PO in a 3A weathered style. That'd be cool. With, like, naked girl graffiti on him or something. Yeah, and he's just carrying, like, a bag of severed feet. Like, the mod, like, the, the mod colorways. That would be... that The would, mod chip. That would mod legit. mod chip C-3PO. That would legit be cool. Mod, mod is a great colorway. Yeah, where he's got... Just graffiti spray painted all over him. Yeah, like put him in a pose. Like, you know, like maybe he, he was resting in a pose and like spray paint across him. And then like, you know, when he's walking around, it looks all random. But then when he sits down, it's like, oh, hey, someone like painted a person on your legs when you were sitting down. Yeah, there you go. It'd be like when the Ugnuts tore him apart. If they just didn't tear him apart, but they just completely trashed him and yeah. spray painted him. <laughs> I forgot those things were called Ugnuts. Yeah, they're in that Star Wars Galaxy Hero game, and it's a character. You can unlock an Ugnut, and it's like, I don't want that. I don't want that in my little army. I've I don't want always one of those wanted little to idiots. be an Ugnut. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want one of those little pieces of garbage in my crew. Worse than Miwok. They were They were straight up enemies in, like, Super Empire or whatever. Was it Super Empire or Super Jedi? Super Nintendo Star Wars games. Yeah, I think they're light side characters, though. That they look because at them. you know they, <laughs> they weren't inherently evil. They were just doing their job. They didn't like intentionally like we got to get C three PO. They were just like, oh, this robot walked into our rip a robot apart room, so we're gonna do our job. <laughs> oh, the Empire took over, and we got to dunk this dude in carbonite. Well, we're just doing our job. We're uh, nuts. I don't know, man. There's something inherently. Inherently spiteful in their weird grunting noises. Probably. Maybe I'm an Ugnaught racist. I don't know. Well, maybe these are just some of the good ones. Yeah. The the ones that, 
like fled Cloud City yeah. and started playing ball with the Empire. The ones who are like, you want us to run a room where we rip robots apart who think and feel? Are you crazy? And Lando's like, it's good business. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said Lando's line, I'm, I'm guessing he's drunk. Or at the, so, okay, this <laughs> he's is. He's just waving a beer can <laughs> yeah. around as he's talking. There's an episode of Rebels with Lando Calrissian in it. Oh boy. And so this is like this is like pre-Cloud City Lando, right? Uh-huh. But he's voiced by modern Billy D. Williams. Oh boy. And so the combination of that, it just sounds like he's drunk off his ass the entire episode. And it's not intentional, but it completely works with the plot of the episode as well. Like if off-screen he's just like taking like mad shots of like Corellian brandy or whatever. <laughs> and it's like I really enjoyed that episode. Like it's kind of yeah. But by, by the time he gets to Cloud City, he's like he's cleaned up his act. Like he's got a job now. He's got yeah. He's got some business to conduct and got to keep this city working. We're gonna tear some robots apart. It's gonna be gotta a good keep time. these ugnots in line. <laughs> they got all mad when I wanted to turn on my disemboweling dismemberment room. He goes, I tell you what Willy Wonka's problem was. He didn't keep a tight enough leash on his little weirdo workers. Let them grow. I keep a tight leash on my weirdo little workers. Let them all get tans and grow their silly hair out. I don't know. Ugnots, y'all gotta shave. Like, Ugnots don't have hair, do they? Like, when you look at them. No, they they got, like, white, wispy hair. Yeah, like, leftover hair. Like, not, not intentional hair. I don't know. I'm sure there's actually like a grand, like very lengthy Wikipedia page about Ugnaughts and their society. Oh, no, I want to look it up. I want to learn more about it. <laughs> Maybe I do need an Ugnaught in my crew. Yeah, what if they're incredible? What if they're like hobbits? Like they have huge willpower and they're all inherently good or something. Man, then what happened to all the ones on Cloud City? It's like the one ring got to them, except the one ring was like, I don't know, Lobot. Well, what happened to everybody on Cloud City after Darth Vader's like, we're taking over, and Lando Calrissian's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) What happened to everyone that got left behind? I wonder if they just ran, like, a grand ruse, and, like, everyone living there is just in this blissful, like, state of, you know, debauchery and drinking and food. Well, and it's really jacked up because Lobot helped Lando do the little... turncoat action against the empire and he just left lobot behind holding the bag i bet lobot got executed for all that no man someone had to handle all that business while he's gone and lobot can just be all like beep boop i'm a robot i don't know what you're talking about the empire's Uh, like oh he's just a imperial inquisition or whatever that rolled in to investigate what happened is like no he was involved we have data records he sent the signal he knows what's what doesn't he just have to like Executed. take that take that computer out of the back of his head and like jack it into something else and then he's safe? Mm, I don't know. There, I read Lobot's character page once. It was long. All that I know is I'm really disappointed how they handled Lobot in that Star Wars Galaxy Hero game. <laughs> when I unlocked Lobot, I was like, "Hell yeah, I got Lobot. This dude's badass." And I'm like, "Oh, Lobot sucks. What did they do to you, dude?" I think I mentioned it before, but it's like all of his buffs, like he has like three buffs. They're all droid related. They only affect droid characters. There are no light side droids in the game. All the droids are dark side characters. He's this. He's there as the preview for whenever they add, you know, chapter two. 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of game types where you could mix your light and dark side characters, but just on the light side end of things, he's useless. Then there was one. Um, so there's daily challenges that are, uh, you get two different ones a day that you could do between three and four times or five times, depending on what the rewards are. And they have different conditions and different rewards. And one of the ones is you could only use characters classified as tanks. Hmm. And was it that one? Oh, no, no. It was a uh, um, healing and support. No, I can't remember which one it was now. But anyway, um, yeah, it was the healing and support. Um, so I had Lobot, and he was healing and support. And I had the Magna Guard, which was classified as support. So I was able to put them on the team together, and then Lobot could at least buff Magna Guard. Uh, but then they changed the classification of the Magna Guard and turned him into a tank. And now that's I can't do that anymore. <laughs> so I just stopped using Lobot as soon as I got another character for that category and I trained them up and then I was just like, I'm just, just not using you anymore, Lobot. You let me down. You let me down. He has a lengthy character biography and maybe you'll you know he's gotta you gotta read up on the adventures he had post Cloud City. Alright. Because every character has like ten novels. That's right. No, he even had, like, a, a noble end, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what it was. But he had some kind of noble end. Anyway. Yeah, he got killed for <laughs> betraying everybody and left behind by that dirtbag Lando. Man, you gotta see the Lando episode of Rebels. It's so good. <laughs> Billy B. Williams is a champion. Um, If that's all for what we got this week, then that's also our podcast for this week. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna call it there. Before I start looking up Lobot's biography page on Wikipedia, um, feel free to do so yourself uh, if you if you like. Uh, tell us all about it in the thread. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining me this week. All right, thanks for having. Me. We uh, did some listener questions, and that felt pretty good. We're gonna probably do a few more next week as well, and uh, unless you know, unless some huge news drops. Also got some some more hot fresh news here. Um, along with that Delta Magnus thing, uh, some of the Titans Return stuff. We're seeing solicitation pictures for them. And uh, this is kind of breaking. I I might wait. I probably won't have the willpower to. I think the Japanese versions look better because so they're hard head, right? So, you know how we're getting like, you know, it's a tank with a headmaster. So their headmaster is slightly different, but he's also coming with one of those vehicles for the headmasters that the single pack ones are coming with. So it's like you get you get him and you get a little mini tank that comes with him as well. And he can hold the mini tank like a gun. And, like, I'm starting to think, like, I like that value proposition more. I don't know. We'll see. Skullcruncher seems like he's coming with, like, some kind of vehicle as well. I I can't tell which one. But there's your hot, fresh news drops. By the time you're hearing this, they've probably gotten fresher. Uh, But, yeah, Seth, thanks for joining me. We'll, uh, We'll talk again soon. In the meantime, everybody, keep it real. Yeah, it's a badass pr-
this day.